right. All right. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome to Foodcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having thank me. You. Today we have here with us Chef Jeremy Silverio. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How you wanted me to pronounce your uh, call you? Siverio. Siverio, yeah. Siverio. Yeah. All right. Okay, papi. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Siverio. Hashtag Siverio. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your weapon of choice for today? What you brought oh, for us? Oh, my weapon of choice. So because it's summer, uh, it's really hot outside. Uh, yeah. So I decided just to bring a little Pinot Grigio. All right. I, I really enjoy the Pinot Grigio because it has this fruity taste inside, and it's not too sweet. It's not too sour. Yeah. And uh, it's refreshing. So yeah. this is where we're going to get today. Huh? Oh, okay. thank you. No All right. As I open that, uh, talk to me. Uh, how you, like, tell me a little bit about your uh, background, where you come from, how you become a chef, and how you end up here in Ireland. Wow. Uh, well, uh, I'm from Venezuela. You know that. Yeah. Uh, I've been around eight years here in Ireland. And basically, like, uh, the last thing that I will think that I will be doing was uh, chefing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, as I was telling to you, my father was a military man, and I I was, like, a bit in, into the military world, right? Yeah. But they never let me uh, follow my father's steps. Yeah. So uh, I started, like, going around and searching places, what to do. So I did a lot of stuff. I did... Uh, uh, journalism, I did laws. Uh, I'm currently a human resource administrator, actually. You know, oh, really? People don't know that, yeah, but I'm a human resource administrator. And uh, uh, when I found after I graduated that I was just sit down on a desk doing that chair, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not bad, no? Oh, yeah. It's most nice. Wow. It's not bad it's at all. It's very light. It's very light, but you'll see it's very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Mm. It's not too sweet, not too sour. It's yeah, refreshing. lovely. That's really nice, really nice. But tell me more. Tell me more. So, yeah, so. As, as, as I was saying, um, so I like I graduate uh, graduate on human resources, and then when I sit, uh, I saw myself sit down on a desk, uh, Monday to Friday doing nothing. But yeah. Like, no nothing. It's but just like you know when you sit down on a desk mm. and in a little small cubicle and, yeah. and and it's so boring you know i used to take like four or five uh cigarette breaks because it was so boring like payroll and uh this kind of paperwork and all that in venezuela all that in venezuela yeah all right all that in venezuela. so I, I really got bored and uh, 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 what was your age in that stage wow i graduated around what like 20 years old probably whoa very so, young very young very young yeah like uh I finished uh, college and then I find myself over there and like I really didn't know what to do with my life because like that was not my thing for sure. Yeah. And then I got this call from a friend, uh, chef also Fabian Montoya. Yeah, I hope he's seen this. Uh, uh, but he was the one that gave me that call that I will never forget. And he was like, uh, look, man, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm working here. I'm not really happy. We like to join in this kitchen with me. And uh, that kitchen was Buddha Bar, right? Like we refurbish and clean all the kitchen. That, that's know. in Caracas, yeah. And no, that was in San Cristobal, San, San Cristobal, right. Venezuela. And uh, we start doing all this cleaning around and, and working hard over there. It was just a small kitchen and three chefs over there. 
And we were doing like tapas, that kind of menu over there. And I love it. I love it. I fall in love of the place. I, I was young, so I really liked the thing that I was working during the nights. And then after that, having a little party after. Um, when you're young, that's all what you want, you know, like, like yeah. late nights and, and partying. And that was like my beginnings as a chef. So I started as a, let, let's say, uh, the commies. It was a commies. And uh, everything was went really well. And I was working there a couple of, goals, uh, a couple of uh, months. And from that moment, I think like everything just started falling immediately you know like like i never in the right place you mean in the right place yeah, yeah. Right, you yes. know like um, i wasn't never looking for something i wasn't never like uh, applying to stuff like stuff was just coming around to me you know naturally uh, naturally yeah and that's how i evolved uh, i started working in different restaurants around the city then i moved to the capital and then i started working for a k train uh, over there we used to work for the air force and doing a lot of uh night events, weddings, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And as you know, well, the situation in Venezuela is not great. And that, uh, which year was that? Uh, like 2006, mm, early 2000s? No, no 2014. Oh, so it was already later in the, yeah, a little yeah. bit after the, the, when the boom started to go down. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, like things were not great over there at the moment. When did the things start to change there in Venezuela? Was it in the middle 2000s, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that not to, for the good way. happens with this so-called revolution. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the year two, 2000. All right. And uh, people were changing their visions of politics and how the country should be managed and blah, blah, blah. We wrote this so-called revolution of the socialist people that is running the country right now. Um, but then everything started to decline, right? So some it's like when people tell you, like, oh, you leave the boat on time because the things were not that yeah. bad as it is now. So my sister came out with this idea of like, look, <clears throat> just leave the country. And I was like, okay, where? And she decided it was her own decision to come to Ireland. And actually I was applying to the military forces in Italy. Right. Oh. So my plan was like, okay, I'm going to call the embassy. I'm going to ask them if they need one more soldier or something like that. And can you <laughs> give me the ticket? And I was thinking like, look, if they put me in the, in a, in a, military fortress or whatever mm -hmm. uh, I will learn the, the language yeah and I'm gonna have food and I'm gonna have house you know family I don't need you know what I mean it was like yeah, all yeah, I yeah. need is just to learn the, the but then I decided to come here after a year that my sister was here because she already had like she, she was already settled and uh, she, was, uh, she was settled in Dublin already yeah in oh, Dublin right, yeah. she had her own apartment and everything so I was like look why not let's give it a try yeah, yeah. And it's been amazing. It's been fantastic. Uh, uh, in a professional way, in a personal way, it's been great to be here. It's been amazing. And uh, since I came here, I started again as a commis. Uh, but um, I started in uh, Donnybrook Fair, right? Nice. And Donnybrook Fair was sending me around the city. I get to cook on the factory. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing like three. 3,000 meatballs a day because you know it's like a production unit. Yeah, production line, yeah. Yeah. And a CPU. Then, like? A CPU. Yeah, there yeah, you go, yeah. CPU. And uh, then I was sent to a little truck in Trinity College. Just just to tell people who doesn't know, uh, CPU is stand for uh, Central Production Unit. Unit, yeah. Sorry, yes. There you go. 
continue, please. And um, yeah, I was sent to a little truck in, in Trinity College. I was just actually selling coffee over there, you know? <laughs> so no cooking at the moment. A any decent coffee? Um, no, that was actually regular coffee, but we were making a bunch of money over there. Uh, are, are you a coffee drinker? I am. I yeah. am. I actually, actually, I had this conversation with my girlfriend a couple of days ago because, uh, oh my God, the prices on the coffee here are mm. to the roof. You know why the prices are going up, yeah? It, the war and the, and the gas? No, not okay. only. Uh, like, uh, um, ever seven years, give and take, uh, there is a drought in Brazil. Brazil is the biggest producer of coffee, yeah. We do nice coffee. So, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know uh, that. In Colombia, does it too. Oh, uh, yeah. Colombia have yeah. like really nice uh, uh, grains there. Hey, Juan Valdez, yeah. Oh, yes. So, uh, when they had that drought, normally they, they, of course, your production would be not as high as usual. So, we have that drop. And because of that drop, normally increase the prices. But that was about a year ago. And people was just waiting for the price to come up and then we've now with the war with the um, covid just heat the prices up yeah no yeah, yeah, was, yeah we, just we, a food note for I, I for say, your coffee part I we all knew that kobe uh, was bouncing back in some way yeah. right i think like uh, with all the support that we had here from the government and everything we all knew that this will bounce back on us especially in the hospitality sector yeah uh, it's a crisis right now in the hospitality sector But um, I think we all knew that the recession was coming, and this is what is happening now. So I uh, talk about coffee again. Uh, I used to get this quick and Nescafe. Coffee, oh right? God! I know, I know, oh. I know. But this yeah. is my guilty pleasure. Um, the Nescafe Acera. All right. It's actually not that bad, right? But it went from four euros to uh, eight euros. But like uh, you, you just drink like uh, uh, what do you drink normally? American? Oh, like American? No sugar, okay. no milk, no nothing. Uh, I used to drink sugar, uh, like coffee with sugar, but I stopped eating sugar. Like it's not good for you. So uh, just like. Did it make any difference the, the 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 cutting the sugar for you? Oh well, yeah. Like I start like a, a year ago, I was like 12 kgs extra. So, really? uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then just reducing the sugar make that difference. I started doing keto. Yeah. Right. So, or keto. Um, so, I started doing keto diet. So, I took all the carbs and sugar. Explain a little bit more. What's keto diet? Well, keto diet basically is uh, a diet which is, I will not recommend. Uh, it will, <laughs> it will take you, it will take you to, uh, to, To your goal, all right? Yeah. So let's suppose you have a goal. I want to lose 12 kgs in a month, right? So basically what you do is start feeding your body with carbs and yeah. sugars, right? Yeah. So you um, you take all the sugars and, and, and carbs from your diet. So you won't believe how many carbs is in like a can of uh, tomatoes. Yeah. Right? So basically what you're getting is like um, protein, cheese, mayo, bacon, all that kind of stuff that are actually healthy for you. People don't believe this, but they're actually healthy for you and, and help you to, to lose weight. So once I um, erase or delete all the, all the carbs in my <coughs> life, I start doing gym at the same time and intermittent fasting. So actually that's something that I still doing it. I eat once a day. Wow. Only. So uh, in a month, I, w I actually lost the 12 kgs. Wow. But it's not good for you because after you're doing the gym and all this combined, um, the body will not find 
any energy, like any any source of energy, yeah. like sugar or carb. And what it's going to do is going to start burning the muscle. Yes. So you get super, really, you get really skinny. And so that's what I say. Like it's a it's a diet that it will help you to reach your goal, but it's not healthy in 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 a long way. Yeah. So uh, now I uh, like you ch change your diet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely changed my diet. I eating anything. I I'm just not eating too much sugar, and I kept the intermittent fasting. So I ate one once a day at seven o'clock. So that's my window seven to eight. So I can have everything. So I, I have like my main course. I have my dessert and everything. But after that, during the day, it's just like black coffee. Wow. Yeah, it's healthy for you actually. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> But now, go, going back now, your right. to your Nescafe experience in Trinity College. Was Nescafe? Oh, no, right. no, no, it's no, a no, cafe. That was actually yeah. a nice cafe, grinder, yeah. Grinder, yeah. grinder cafe. Um, I was doing flat wise. I was doing a little bit of everything over there, right? So there was an experience because, like, when you come here and you have like no English, you have nothing, you need to develop. In, in some way, so I was. You didn't doing, speak English when you came here. I have a a, a little bit only because All right. uh, you could com communicate. You know, like I, I I live in Kansas City when I was a child, like eight years old oh, for nice. a short period of time. So I I got something from that, and at the same time, well, when you watch all these movies and people ask you like, where did you learn your English? It's like, well, there was playing video games and watching movies, you know. <laughs> uh, but we like whoever lives here in Ireland will understand that. It's not only talking English. What is like? It's the accent, right? So people that actually know English from other places come here and start like listening to this accent in Irish. Like it's, it, they struggle. They struggle a lot. Um, so I learned my English here again. Let's let's put it this way. And uh, I finished in the coffee in the little coffee uh, truck. And Donnybrook first sent me to the to their first catering in in Ireland, which was Alexandra College. It's yeah. a boarding school only for for girls I have to say like very wealthy girls right yeah and I was working there as a comic chef but uh, I mean I guess everything is an experience it wasn't great but I guess like you learn from every single experience you have in your life and uh, that was the first job that actually drove me to where I am now and after a couple of years when I was tired of like doing everything over there uh, I applied to Microsoft And I think that was the best thing that I had. Like, uh, how I, uh, was your experience there in Microsoft? There was quite a bit. There was, there was like, there was quite something. For the catering, just put there a caveat: is uh, catering, not tech, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. cooking there. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this advertisement, and it's like they're looking for a coming chef there, right? Yeah. And I was like, look, why not? You know, it's like this kind of stuff that you see. Uh, advertising the internet it's like ah, this might not happen but let's just drop it there just because ah. and I got a call uh, from Microsoft from the head chef of Microsoft and who used to be the head chef there oh his name I didn't mention him too much because he was leaving when I was arriving uh, his name was Bernard but I can't remember his right. name yeah but the executive was Jimmy Jimmy Q Oh yes, you know Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, yes. Jimmy, and um, yeah, I had my interview and everything, and everything went well. And then that was like my first actual job as a comic chef here. Uh, it was very interesting because the bunch of people and friends that were, I made there, like I still keep talking with them and everything. It's a much cultural site there, yeah. 
Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, that's that's the best thing that I that I been experimenting here in Ireland is the multicultural multicultural thing. Yes. Um, like every time every kitchen that I've been working, I I like to count how many different um, countries are there. And I remember in Microsoft there was a small kind of unit, and there were like between ten to twelve different nationalities. Um, it was super cool. It was super cool because I was new. Not much English, so I have my head chef over there asking me to do stuff, and uh, like he was asking me like bring me the radish or bring me the courgettes or and I didn't have a clue what was it right. So my plan every day was like okay, give me the instructions, yeah, okay, 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 and I used to go to the toilet, run with my phone, Google every <laughs> single thing, and it was like I didn't even knew how to how to write them right. So like I. I did my best to write it on, on, on Google and then any pictures that came in is like, oh, probably it's this. So I run to the fridge, <laughs> get the stuff, back to the kitchen and then like, chef, is this? Yeah. And that's how I, I was like improving my English and improving my knowledge about all the, the food and yes. all the language that you use in the kitchen, right? But I think it's not just because of the uh, language barrier. Uh, recall one of the chefs that used to work for me. Uh, one's like a local. Uh, he's from Tala. You met him, Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Melson. Yeah, 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 I know him. So uh, he he came to work for me there as a coming chef, and the first week I just told him like, Dennis, go get me uh, courgettes in the fridge, and he came back with cucumbers. Well, and I look at that. Look like. uh, they look like, but like, like yeah. come on, it's not the language. It's like a coriander <laughs> or parsley. Coriander or parsley, they're no, more. No, flat parsley. Yes. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. But, but you know yeah, where that's coming a, from. Now. Yeah, that's a nice story. And, yeah. Uh, no, this, I have you a better one, right? So, <laughs> um, my head chef is uh, around the kitchen or around outside, and I'm on the main kitchen with uh, his uh, chef from China. You remember Andy? Andy, yeah, Andy, yes. Andy, Andy, seventy percent flour, Andy. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny because he had such a strong accent. And he had like less English than me probably, and I remember uh, I was like working with him, trying to understand what he was saying, and he comes to me, he's like, uh, Jeremy, yeah, chef, bring me container, just container, right? Yeah, I know that one, container. <laughs> so I go and then get a tray, no a deep tray. No, 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 give me a container. Jesus Christ! So I go back to the pot wash, get a a, a nice uh, regular tray, you know, twelve inch. And I'm like, no. And he was so upset. I was so frustrated. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do here? You know? And then I had to collect or get gather like at least three chefs to understand what he was saying. He was asking for coriander. Oh so my God. It was a coriander. I was like, wow, Andy, like, like for real, I'm doing my best, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, look, Microsoft, that place was amazing. That was like a, a nice uh, working unit when, when, it's these kind of places where you don't feel it's a job. It's, it's like a family working there. Yes. And and you complain about the silliest stuff. And now that you're in the in upper level, you go back and you see, like, and you're just like, oh my God. But when we started there, Microsoft was uh, the, the old building. The old building, right? yeah, in Sandifor. In, in, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, both were in Sandifor, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like the, the, like the old one and they opened the, the Microsoft one. Yes, the big, huge, massive. Uh, yeah, that that is like uh, literally a... Uh, um, uh, a wonderland 
Oh yeah, wanna learn oh, for for God. food, like, and, and how how was that experience for you? Because you were in, in charge one of the kitchens at that stage. Yes, yes. So what happened in, in the old Microsoft place was that uh, I was doing my job, and like I I, I think this depends of anyone's uh, working ethic, you know. So I was pushing myself uh, to do extra hours, no payment, yeah. and was just doing my job. So for me, that was just doing my job. For many people, it's like, oh, well, I'm staying here until late, you know. For me, that was just doing my job. That, right? That's being a chef. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and trying to shine a little bit over the rest of the people. So um, I remember one day was a little bit, I was a little bit frustrated and because people was expecting a lot of me but I was in the position that I wanted, right? So I had this chef and I had to tell him once, it's like, look, man, I'm just a commis, right? What you're asking me is not a, a commis job. And that, I think, uh, got to the head chef ears. And they came to me and they were like, Jeremy, I thought you were a CDP. It's like, no, man, I'm just a, CD, uh, I'm just a commis here. So they made me a CDP over there. So. Like who, who don't know is a CDP is a chef de partie, which is a chef that is in charge of a section, right? Yes. And then and this massive new project uh, that they got in Microsoft, I had to say like they managed it like really really well. Uh, I still well I was working for KG, and uh, wow like what can I say about Microsoft? Like Microsoft the big building, we have how many kitchens there? Like five or. Uh, the, the the new building the new building the yeah. new building uh, yeah uh, you have this central production and then you have your pastries there uh, oh the pastry area there yeah, is, the, is yeah, phenomenal the bakery, yeah. the bakery, so the bakery yes uh, the bakery you have stable you have your the one you used to That's run my baby street kitchen yeah. street kitchen yeah. that I, yeah. my, in my opinion was the best because you had all the toys in one kitchen yes yeah and and and, and then you had the pizza the Italian quarters yeah uh, you had the kitchen upstairs and for hospitality. The kitchen for hospitality and the the one with the sops. Yes, and uh, yes, yeah. a little bit further. So the, you had a, 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 a lot vast, was vast a lot kitchen. I have to give some credit to the management there because, like, it's not easy to 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 manage all this. You know, to like, it's a huge operation. You know. Oh yes, yes. Like, like uh, all fairness, uh, like what uh, uh, Kevin, the executive chef there, uh, mm -hmm. Kevin Carrigan. He's amazing. Oh wow! From yeah. one of the people I know, Legend, like the man. chef, yes, Legend. the chefs I know, like I put my hand in the heart, uh, yeah. hands down, like he's good. Legend, he's yeah. good, and the, his management style there, he he managed to uh, the and place. The standard. Yes. Wow. Yes. Like if you work in Microsoft, man, you're elite chef. Yes. And that's because of the the standard that Kevin has, and it's very high standards. Uh, they won. They wouldn't let you go with silly games around there. You know, like I know that many people think it's like an army, but it has a purpose behind it. But it's a kitchen. Yes. Uh, he, he's old style in that sense. He's yeah. fair. He's fair though. Yes. But like in the end of the day, it's like, yeah, chef, no chef, I well, don't no, know the chef. The end of the day, it's your work. You have to do your work. Yeah. And, and what I like from this is like, you know, like you have working in other kitchens, you have these scruffy chefs and these messy chefs and there was no space for that, right? Or you work well, like, well, you work clean, you work in time or, or you're out, you know? And uh, there was, there was like, it, it teaches you structure, you know? And it, that's amazing because I, I think there's a lack of structure in many of the kitchens. Do you think you, you, you got 
drew to the culinary world because your the way you grew up as the culinary a, uh, you know like the because CDP of the year no uh, no no, oh. no 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 I'm saying like why how you got the culinary world uh you think it's because your background like your background your when you grew up with your father being um in the military and the structure the the uh, discipline to have to be a chef uh, to be a it's similar uh, you think it's, it's, because it is now this looks like therapy now man like, <laughs> oh, maybe i can maybe this is coming from there like i didn't think about it but yeah maybe uh, yeah i think because because the, the the idea like the food or the brigade as you see in a kitchen come from the french mm-hmm. and then back then uh, like the, the french used to use the kitchen uh, who used to run the kitchen used to be the head of the army so actually chef means chief yes yeah. because that what let's say the the lord would just trust that person to cook for them so they structure uh, went through the kitchen Right. And then you have all the ranks, and then there is no is yeah chef, no yeah, chef, exactly. and no chef. Yeah. You think that uh, translates a little bit uh, your passion to bring you to the kitchen, or I think, I think my might be affected. Yes, I think structure in the kitchen is it's incredibly important. Uh, I think during these times uh, that's gone. To be honest, I think. Look, I'm not the kind of person that agrees with screaming, shouting, and throwing pots. To people in their heads, those were the old times in the kitchen. Oh yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I like, I have a <clears throat> couple of stories about right, but but I don't. I'm not saying that is, it's okay to do that. I think everyone deserves to be uh, treated with respect, right? But at the same time, you need this structure yes. to, to because like people, uh, how they say here, like like the people will take the piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you need this. We can't curse here, you know so, that. Uh, uh, no, sorry. I'm joking. Actually, about to start a joint or something. You know I'm joking. <laughs> uh, we are not. It's a we, family. It's a family. No, show, no, we, we, uh, no, no. You can curse. There's no <laughs> problem. Uh, we are not Joe Rogan here, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, keep yeah, going. I do, I do, I do uh, think that it's important mm-hmm. that you respect your your the hierarchy. Yeah, the the, the hierarchy. Yes, because uh, there's uh, new new times. Oh, yeah, totally, I, I, I start to notice that middle of totally. 2010s, yeah, uh, like you you can't uh, shout, uh, like uh, I disagree as well with the shouting and screaming. I know I passed through that phase uh, in the kitchen to go and have my tantrums and throwing things around. We all got a little bit of that. Yes, yeah. uh, but I noticed that do not turn you in a leader you become a boss and people don't work mm-hmm. for bosses mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. you work for leaders mm-hmm. and that's what i keep telling everyone uh, out there uh, if i had if i was superstar i would be gordon ramsay and then i could do that <sighs> but i'm not if i was gordon ramsay i would have like my I, six I, michelin star restaurants do, you know i do have but, all the respect to gordon ramsay I, but I, I in don't... person, he's amazing. He's a lovely guy. I hear. He is. I hear. But it's more or less what you said about Kevin in, in Microsoft. He has a his right hand when I used to work there uh, yeah. for him. Uh, that guy walks in. He don't say much. The guy was fine. But he walks... Oh, you told me something like, yeah, yeah, he spots something. He just like, walks yeah. around, yeah. passing the hand in the top of the, the, the things, checking if there is some dust, and going around to see if the things were done properly. Yeah. And... Yeah, 
is the fear. But when you work in a in a fine dine, you know you're there. And like uh, used to be six of us paid. The other twenty chefs we had was all interns. So the interns they're there to get your job because they want to get paid now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then, but you there, you always you know you're every single day in the hook. But now, when you go to catering, 99% of the time, 98%, let's say like that, there's that 2% is the case where you went, the places I work as well, is where you have like the high level. Yeah. And that's the the, the, the places you, people do not take for granted those days. Well, look, I'm going to put it this way. Like, I, I say like these days I became a little bit more softy. In uh, which way? <laughs> Uh, you see, like experience tells you that, I mean, you're growing up, you know, like when you're a chef and, and you go above the rank, yeah. you, you at the same time you're learning and you're growing up and then you discover like just what you say. People follow leaders. They don't follow bosses. And I, yeah. I, I realized that I was a boss, right? Uh, they uh, actually they have a nickname for me in, in, in uh, Microsoft. It was Capitano. Ah, oh, right. and people <laughs> used to fear. Not bad. People used to fear to go to work with me, right? Because I, I'm very strict on my stuff, right? It's like you have a limited time. This has to be clean, you know. Let's pam 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 pam. And uh, but I don't regret. You know why? Because it, it makes me proud right now that I'm right now. Now that I'm in an upper level, now that I'm head chef, uh, working with guys that were CAs in Microsoft. And these guys are like CDP right now. And they come to me, it's like, you know, Jeremy, all what I am right now, all the structure that I have, all the organization that I know, and the way that I work is because of you. You know that? And That's very good. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, makes me, it's, it makes me feel proud, you know? Because the people that is good and they want to work, sometimes you don't, man, you don't need a five-star chef or a chef with a big background i have worked with people they had zero background but they want to work and they want yes. to do the work and i think that's more important than anything so it's people that want to learn people that is not checking the the clock all the time to see when is the break coming uh, people that is not like oh i need to go for smoke every five minutes you know yeah people that want to progress and like after eight years here in Ireland, it's not it's not about the money it's not about the money it's passion yes, yes. it's passion it's, <clears throat> it's like be proud of what you're doing because every time that you're serving a plate, that's your name over there. What 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 was the worst name you were being called? Can I say? Yeah, yeah, you Arsel. can. Arsel. <laughs> All Arsel. right. I, I work with two guys. Um, like sometimes the stress of the kitchen is yeah. is, is a lot, right? <laughs> And this guy was working with me, right? And he was very happy to work with me, right? He was from Mongolia. And I remember I told the guy, like, hey, how are you, man? Like, uh, he was older than me. Actually, can I have a junior? Yeah. Thank you. And everything started great in the morning. <laughs> and I remember I told the guy, like, how are you? You okay? Yeah, okay. This is your list of stuff you had to do for half a lemon, right? Yeah. So your man is just in a corner, just chopping stuff, doing nothing else. I mean, we're talking about six of the morning to half eleven. You have enough time to do, you know, some prep. And on the morning, I told him like, "Oh, I have a chef here from Mongolia. He didn't last three days last time. I hope you last longer." <laughs> and <laughs> your man is like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no worries, chef. It's fine." 
I come back at 11 o'clock to see how she's prepped on. Got two things done. So, of course, the, the time and the stress start, like, getting to your back. The service starts at half 11. You need to have everything done. Then you're thinking that you're beside this. You have to do production for the next day. And, of course, depression starts kicking, you know? Look, that service was horrible, man. was horrible. And the guy was very slow. Uh, the guy was, like, all over the place, dirty, just talking and chatting. And at some point, I, like, I lose it completely. And I was like, look, you know what? Get out of the section. No, but I was hurt. Get out of the section. Like, you're not working here with me. I don't <coughs> need you here. You're causing more, more troubles than, than help. And uh, I remember at the end of the day, they, he got this complaint about me, right? He was complaining that I was pushing him too much. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can say this even. Like, like you can edit this later if you want. Um, he <laughs> said that uh, he Oh uh, my yeah. god, man. Because of me, because <laughs> of the stress. And it's like, well, <laughs> like I'm just asking you to do a couple of stuff, man. You're doing nothing. And I remember he left the section and he told me, like, fuck you. And I was like, okay, thank you. See you later. <laughs> After half an hour, 45 minutes, you know how we're in chef. We, we go to the boiling point, then we cool down, and then we come back. Yeah, yeah. That's what the fridges are. <laughs> the freezer. It's not to keep the food cool. It's yeah. to cool down it's the chef. Cool down everything. <laughs> and the your man come back to me. And it's like, look, man. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's been a pleasure. He shared, He shook my hand. Uh, but this is not for me. And I was like, look, man. Respect you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, it's not for you. I'm sorry. You know me. Fair Look, play, fair play. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, like, oh, poor baby, come here. No, no, you can do it. Come on. Like, like it was a simple task to do. And you find everything. You find good chefs, people who want to work, and people that just don't work. And, like, working with many nationalities, like mm. uh, like you're saying there, uh, like, oh, what uh, I don't add on in your career, like, did you did you find something different, like working like with the gringos, or we are the gringos. We yeah. are the gringos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, do you feel difference, like uh, the way people we work uh, to be uh, like. I think use the word foreigner is very uh, pejorative, but like with different. Gajin. Gaijin, it's the same, but Gaijin. in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, let's say, uh, work with people with a different nationalities. Do you feel the difference between the nationalities or something they add on or the passion they have? Well, I say, I'm the kind of person, Ricardo, that I don't like to judge people by a book. So yeah. That was super wrong. Man, this is heat. This is already. <laughs> uh, you should not judge a book by it. By the cover, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's many people that comes and I hate when people say it's like, oh, the Polish people, oh, the Brazilians, oh, the Latinos, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're Colombian, oh, drugs. Oh, you're Venezuela, oh, drugs. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think there's good people and bad people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, what I have learned, a lot of bad words in different languages. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Um, cooking techniques. Did you did you feel difference between cooking techniques? Um, cooking techniques and new recipes. Uh, like uh, you see, if you go to Latin America, well, if you're Latino too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't know what is a moussaka. 
Okay, I'm from São Paulo. Okay, that, we do, we do. Like mm. São Paulo, you have everything. Like uh, when people say uh, there's a war there in the Middle East, mm. uh, you have literally wall yeah. separating two restaurants. One will be Syrian, the another one will be Lebanese, and they are yes. and okay. they go to the they support the same team. They go to the stadium together, and mm. you have that. Yeah. So uh, the food culture in Brazil in São Paulo is just surreal. It's surreal. Okay. I, I, one day, well, one day, if we we go to Sao Paulo. Let's go together. This stage, I'm, I'm already gringo for them as well, yeah? yeah? But, like, when you go there, like, I, I tell you something is, uh, like, a few days few days back, I had a meeting with the, the client, and the client dropped a few desserts from uh, Israel. And I look, I, I don't remember the name now, all right? So, but I got that. I look, I said, wow, that's my childhood. And they're looking, I said, I don't know what's that. Just get it, like a small, a small bite, and then I like making faces. I said, yeah. "That's amazing." Yeah, you know, like uh, and like when people come from Brazil and they come over and they bring like family-wise, they bring some treats for my wife, and it's exactly that. I I don't recall the name now, but I remember the first time I I made that dessert. I had like a wooden spoon. I was turning the thing. If you overcook, is when it starts to get too hard. Okay. And I didn't know the point. It was the first time I did. I just was there. I, I look and I said, I, I think need a little bit more. And they're holding the pot. And then suddenly, oh, the spoon, oh. the spoon broke. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, is uh, the the point is what I seen the cultures like food like that. As you said, I'm Moussaka, and yeah, I knew Moussaka. No, yeah, I but mean, like well, there's a lot of things you don't see there. Yes, well, what I'm trying to say is like it's amazing when you start. Uh, working with these all new uh, ingredients that you don't have, like look, working with harissa paste, miso paste, that kind of stuff. And remember something, and this is something. This is a word. I don't know if it's an actual word or something that Kevin uh, taught me. Uh, but when, like, at least in my country, so and I think this is in every country, you have Chinese food. Let's put it this way, right? And then what yeah. you have is a bastardation. That's the word, bastardation. I don't know if it's a war. All right. The, it's a bastardation. I, of, I, I'm going to get my thing. wife to check on that. She's <laughs> the English teacher <laughs> here. She will know yeah. better. This is a dictionary it's, of there. <laughs> Probably should have started to click there. Yeah. So it's a bastardization of, of the real thing. right? Yes. So you have your own Chinese Venezuelan. And then in Colombia, they will have their own Chinese Colombian. And all the Chinese food is just different around. And it's so nice to uh, connect with people that know the real the real stuff, the real recipes of everything. So the way they do. The way they do, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, like uh, doing, in Venezuela, let's suppose we were doing like Irish stew with fish, you know, that, 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 would, that but, uh, would make sense. I do understand, like there was a restaurant in Bray, uh, for me it was one of the, uh, in, in my head, at least, uh, the way I feel, not in my head, the way I feel, uh, eat, uh, Bray start to become the mini Italy of uh, Ireland a uh, few years back and they they it's had a restaurant there it was a uh, Campo di Fiori the head Campo chef uh, they closed down like a couple of years ago and the head chef there uh, was Italian and he made a lasagna instead of bolognese with beef he made with lamb All right. if I do with lamb or you do with lamb that would be a murder to the Italians that's like the carbonara with cream Yes. <laughs> yeah, here uh, you talk about carbonara. It's basically like 
bechamel sauce with some bacon lardon in it yeah. and they call that carbonara it's, um, it's literally yeah, yeah. my grandma is starting to move in her grave right now just because of saying that yeah I remember Giovanni from Microsoft yeah que isso cazzo yeah anyway uh, the, the, the point there when I went there is the interpretation who interpret interprets uh, these uh, these classics Uh, like I remember in the airport, one of the restaurants we had there, we had uh, to serve, let's say, uh, the workmen. And they want a cuddle, if I don't, don't mistake. A cuddle? Cuddle. Like cuddle? No, no, the, the, the dish. Uh, they have a dish. <laughs> <in it. laughs> no, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I probably I'm mispronouncing the, the, the whole thing here. But it basically is boiled with potatoes Uh, all the breakfast meat. Okay. Uh, can be a little bit disturbing when you start to see the pictures and how the things are. So I did my interpretation. Okay. So uh, I, I cooked separately and then make the things and just put together in the last minute. So you have a little bit more color. Mm -hmm. And I remember giving to them and they just look. I said, there's too much color on that. Should it be literally... Pale. Pale, yeah. boiled food, literally cook. Uh, sorry, you, my language, but cooking a condom. Yeah, literally cooking a condom and throwing side. And I said, "Oh my God, no!" Oh, and but anyway, in the end, it was beautiful, like the way I made. The guy tastes and said, "Wow, remind him of my grandmother's yeah. uh, way to cook." And then I look, I said, "Yeah, but like but, you, uh, you guys are complaining about the way uh, it looks." Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um, a couple of St. Patrick's ago, I did a, uh, an Irish stew, right? Yeah. But I didn't follow the typical traditional mm -hmm. recipe. So I follow, uh, it was a Jamie Oliver's uh, recipe. Oh, God. And a look, British. Oh, no, look, my, I was proud of my dish. That was beautiful. All right. Nice color and everything. And I was so proud of it. And then I started showing to all the Irish people, like, look yeah. at my Irish stew on St. Patrick's Day with my nice out Guinness and um, <laughs> everyone was like what is that that's not a nice stew it's like but Jeremy Jamie Oliver saying it is you know and, and I mean it tastes great but what I'm trying to say is like there's a big difference between fusion kitchen and and in the in the actual tradition so I think people should be a little bit more flexible and at the same time people if you're selling something signature you, you cannot go out of the recipe If you want to do some fusion, it's okay. Because I'm going to put yeah, it this yeah. way. Let, what happened if, let's suppose today, we're going down to the kitchen and you start cooking arepas? Oh, no, okay, I would so not I even be, try. Uh, yeah, I will be like, uh, arepas are very simple to make, right? I, I, I so know. The, the, the only yeah. thing with the arepas There's that a I classic. noticed here in, in Europe is... Okay, we allow a lot of stuff in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the arepa. We don't have corn here. Any the feeling. corn is already different. No, but the thing with the arepa is like, we allowed, we were very flexible with the things you put in, right? You can put cheese, you can put guacamole, you can put a, a shredder beef, you can put whatever you want. But one day, this uh, Spanish girl, I can't remember her name, she came to me and it's like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever done in my life. It's like, yeah, what are you eating? Arepa. Okay, what do you put inside? Jam. What? Like, oh wait, my wait, god! Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> That's in another level, man. Like, like, no, you don't put jam in the arepa. You know what I mean? Like, like, stop it. So I think there's a kind of a. It, it just imagine like a, like a little stick, 
Yeah. It's flexible, but at some point it's going to break. break you know? yeah. yeah. Is it like yeah. the Brazilians with their, uh, uh, like, uh, Brazilians can hold, uh, 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 handle their sweet. For me now, when I eat Brazilian sweets, they're, they're very rich. Okay. Let's put it that way. Uh, I used to do events, fine dine, and then people want to have some Brazilian flair. Right. So I used to put brigadeiro. I don't know if you've ever brigadeiro. tried before. It's basically, you get a can of coca uh, condensed milk, three spoons full of cocoa powder, and a tablespoon as well of uh, butter. Right. And you reduce the shit of it right. until you start to get out of the bottom. Okay. And then you put in a plate, you just put a little bit of butter. It's pre uh, li like you're doing cake, but it, 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 but yeah. you don't put any 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 flour. And then you throw that and let cool down. After that, you make little little bowls and pass through um, um, the chocolate. Uh, how they call that? No, oh, Jesus Christ, wine again, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's kicking. Yeah, it's kicking. It's a good kicking, that. Nice. And it's easy to drink. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just go easy in your throat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, you get the um, confectionery, you know, like just to get like a little bit of that. that Sparkling. Is it? Yeah. yeah, what's the name? Sorry. I forgot, yeah. no, yeah. Jesus. We know where we talk. We know, we know, we know we yeah. <laughs> anyway, you had the brigadeiro, and then you, normally when I had to serve to any uh, non-Brazilian, right. I made up to three grams so it's a tiny little bowl okay normally brazilian full of, of flavor oh yeah it's yeah, rich yeah, it's, it's yeah. rich it's condensed milk yeah. reduced yeah. in chocolate so will be a kick mm -hmm. condensed milk by itself is already a kick so i used to serve that as almost like a fudge and people love it mm. but if you give more than that uh, i start with five grams and people say it's too rich we call it empalagarse I don't know what's the word in English. Uh, you need to write it down. I put a subtitle. So. I don't know if it's Balagar. I don't, I don't even know if it's a Spanish word or, 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 or like, <laughs> the word is Spanish. Empalagar is when something is just too sweet. Oh like, yes, like, okay, oh. but like for the Brazilians, they go well with that. Uh, my my point here is like uh, we do pizza in Brazil. And we have a, a, a you go to the pizza a pizzeria and then you're gonna have pizzas traditional pizzas yeah. and you have your dessert pizzas now. Oh, well, see so, these. Like, you, you see you here, Nutella, and, Nutella and, uh, with uh, strawberries and banana. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. for me now, I just like, no, no, no. Oh, no, but thank it's you. A I thing. Don't... It's a trend. It starts to come here. Yeah. It's the same. Like uh, in Brazil, we have like this fija, but that's Lebanese. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a mini, it looks like a mini pizza. That's the way it's described. It's like the stroganoff. Oh, the Brazilian the one, from? Uh, Russia. Ah, you're the first actually. And, the, and then the stroganoff is because the family call stroganoff and they make that dish for them. It's like Chantilly come from an yes. area in France called Chantilly. But it's such a strong thing in Brazil now. Oh yeah, and then we serve with uh, uh, crispy potato crisps. Uh, yeah, it's I, basically, I, I, I yeah. have an argument with a chef from Brazil. And yeah. this year was like, this is a stroganoff from Brazil, man. I was like, Man, I don't want to break your dreams or anything. I don't want to break <laughs> your heart, but it's not. But apparently, I didn't know that, that stroganoff was such a, a big thing in Brazil. It, it is. And the way that we do there, we use like pico mushrooms. Oh, because pickle, we, pickle, we pickle, like in like Brazil, or? no, no, it's pico, uh, butter mushroom, it will be champignon. So uh, we, uh, like in Brazil, we didn't have fresh mushrooms until like a couple of years ago, like a decade ago. It was very difficult to find. Uh, who brought the mushrooms fresh is the Japanese. Yes. Like the way we see here uh, as a Chinese or in other countries, you know, like as a big Asian power for food in Brazil, at least Sao Paulo, 
is Japanese. Right. I never seen a Chinese person until I came through to Europe. I think it's such an amazing thing. Like, and I think not much people knows about this. Like, there's a big uh, cultural exchange between uh, Japan and Brazil now. Oh yeah, Second World War. Yes, they they the, move in. I think that's amazing. Like nobody, no, no, no much people know about this, and and I found about this. I don't know how they call them, like Asian Brazilians. Uh, yeah. That they come back to Japan, but now they are too noisy for the Japanese lifestyle. And then you have like, because Japanese, they are not much open. Yes. Yeah. So if you're you're Japanese and you get a passport just for one reason, your father and your mother is Japanese and you're born in Japan. Yeah. If your mother and father is Japanese and born somewhere else, you're... you're Beijing. Uh, no, <laughs> almost. Uh, you're uh, uh, Sansei, or whatever. Right. We say like, non say. Okay. Uh, in another words, kind of translated, uh, roughly transfer, uh, translation in Portuguese, like, I don't know. Okay. Basically, uh, whatever you're born there. If your father or your mother is Japanese and uh, you're born, uh, and your, uh, your mother or father is a different nationality, they mix, you're literally, uh, you're nobody. It's the same. You're, you're Italian, yeah? I'm Venezuelan. No, no, no. You no, have no, no, you no. hold Italian passport, no, correct? But, yes. But yeah. this, is a, this is a thing in Venezuela that I have to, because... You see, this, there's these people in Venezuela that hold Italian passport, and they call themselves Italians, right? Yeah. Or Venezuelan Italian, and it's not well look. It's like you're trying to be someone that you're not. So mm -hmm. in Venezuela, yes, like, yes, I mean, I, I hold Italian passport, but when I identify myself as, where are you from? It's Venezuela. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, same, same here. I'm, yeah. I'm mezzo italiano. Yeah. So uh, mezzo uh, italiano, mezzo yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's the same here, like saying half and half, yeah. Mm. Uh, we, we identified as half. Like uh, I feel more half because of my my uh, my family. My mom's family is Italian, yeah, and my father's family is Portuguese. They were born in Brazil. My mom and my father. So in theory, so you're second generation. No. I'm the second generation. The yes. same with me. I mean, no, we. I'm third generation. But uh, yeah, there are people like this. They're fifth generation, and then they. I agree. Yeah, you're not Italian. You just hold Italian <laughs> passport. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's not because you no, make signs with the hands. Like yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I see like that. I feel as a half Italian, half Portuguese, born in Brazil. All right. And uh, not much half Portuguese because I didn't have much contact with my father's family. So, uh, sorry, top up. Up, top up time, fill yeah. Up, fill it up. Yeah. You don't be shy. You, I, no, 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 go, okay, uh, okay. top up as well, don't okay. worry. Here we go. Yeah. Finish that, fini finish go. all, yeah. We haven't toast. Okay. We did, we did in the beginning, but oh we toast God, again, I'm yes. Like <laughs> yeah. Cheers, so, uh, uh, that part of uh, the, oh uh, yeah, toasting it to drink. Mm-hmm. Spot luck. Mm-hmm. Oh, like in Venezuela so, we say with the con la izquierda yeah. para que se repita. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. Yeah. With the left to return, uh, keep going. To no, to do it again. To do it again. Yeah, yes. There you go. Mm. So uh, uh, I identify myself as a half Italian, and the the point is, if you go to Italy, and I go to anyone and say, "Look, that's my my, my heritage." They will say you're not Italian. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it can can be very racist. If you want to get the, pair, the passport, you cannot just go. And oh, like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like in, in the Japanese, going back to the point, 
the Japanese in Brazil, they are very strong, very strong. Is the place you're gonna find the most Japanese out of Japan or the center? Yes, I have yeah. a friend of mine. I found that so so. He is is really cool. Like when I uh, like few weeks ago, we were doing a menu and saying, okay, we will do um, yakisoba. Yakisoba. And then they came to me and said, what is yakisoba? I said, what do you Japanese mean? Uh, Japanese yeah. noodles? You yeah, never yeah, try. Yeah, like, Ah oh, no, noodles is Chinese. I said no, 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 no. Whoa. It's Japanese that. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then I put in the name of the concept as a, I, I show you in a in the thing there like a, a, like a gaijin. And then they came to me and said, Ricardo, what gaijin means? <laughs> and then I said, gaijin means uh, <clears throat> foreigner. Well, you, where, where the, where the <laughs> it was pasta, quite funny. As we know it came from. Is that China, 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 China. So pasta, spaghetti. It's basically they they saw in China they import to okay. Europe and then no, they no, did we're, we're we, the same and they here, they yeah. and they did their way yes you know like they they but, did but the fusion this is hard to tell but it's the same eh? it's the same one you say about pizza and they say pizza is Italian but if you stop and think where tomatoes come from where the tomatoes came from uh, originally where they, which part of the world they come from tomato is a fruit. No, it is a fruit, but right, which so which continent did the tomato come from? Cannot be Asia. Came from Mexico. There you go. Uh, Latin America. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, so, that was my next point. Like the the Italian, the poor Italians in, in 500 years ago. What, well, the, remember the migrations the, came from Mexico, which was the yeah. most advanced civilization at the moment. And they yeah. went down to South America. Yeah, they went there. Uh, yeah. But like, if you stop and think, it's like that. The pizza is not Italian at all. Because they got the uh, like, yeah. no, no, I, I, I met Italiano. I can say that. But like, if you see, is the base of the pizza, the dough, they come from Middle East. They right. import that to Italy to uh, uh, finish with the famine there, and then after that, uh, even after the Roman Empire start collapse. They import the tomato and start to uh, they start to grow tomatoes and they start to spread on top of the pizza, and then the cheese came just after that. So it's an evolution. It's an evolution. It's the same with the arepa. It does what. Like, look, yeah, people you can don't understand the arepa. So 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 good. Like people, you see, like Venezuelans, we are national, very nationalist with our gastronomy. Yeah, right? uh, every country is like a that. There's fight, and this will never end between Colombia and Venezuela. Who owns the arepa? Is that Colombia? Is that Venezuela? But the truth is, like in Mexico, they have something called gorditas, which is technically an arepa, right? And they have uh, gorditas, gorditas, uh, which means little fatty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was saying, who is fatty? Uh, <laughs> the ayaca, right? The ayaca, like people and people. What is ayaca? Ayaca is a uh, or Christmas plate, right? All right. Which is basically a stuffed dog in a plantain leaf and boil. Uh, I have to give you one. I'll give you one this, this year. All right, it's, it's yes. It's, it's our Christmas uh, dinner. Completely different to any other country. I, yeah. I, I'm very proud of it because it's, it's some of the stuff that we have that nobody else has, right? But... A dog for South America is something peculiar. Oh, yeah, but this is amazing because this is boiled into a plantain. Leaf. Yeah, but like a uh, dog. Let, no, let's no, start. no dog. dog. No, no dog. <laughs> you said dog. No dog. The quack quack dog? No. Yeah, no. No, no, no. A dog. Like, like, like a... Like a dog. Oh, uh, wow, wow. No. Woof, woof. 
<laughs> dog? You're telling me you're not, we don't eat dog. <laughs> All no, right, no, no, okay. No. So I thought right, that was just in China. This is okay. two, two accents just fighting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so <laughs> I'm talking about like a, like a masa, a dog. A doll? Yeah. Doll. A doll. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> That's it's the a stuffed dog with a, all right. uh, with a pork, chicken, onions, and a lot of stuff. It's beautiful, oh, man. Lovely. It's beautiful. It's, it's, involved, it's uh, stuffed in, into a uh, plantain leaves and it's boiled. And it's it's beautiful. The it would be, that it has. It's, would be like, know. like um, how can I say um, a dumpling, but a big double dumpling. It's more, and the people is gonna hate me for this, but the the, the actual truth is like it's like a tamal. It's a big. Ah, tamal. it's like a tamala. Uh, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Don't need to show because people will not see that. That's no, a podcast, no, no, no. yeah. I know it's your podcast. I, I know we're in YouTube. But I need you to know what it's. All right. Is is, uh, so, guys, uh, uh, who is listening? Is like a tamal, uh, lovely. The color is amazing. Nice yellow. Yeah, if you if you, you put, put egg, uh, eggs in it. Uh, some yeah, some of the some yeah. So so it's basically a dough stuffed with. Pork, pork uh, chicken. All raw or pre-cooked? All right. This is a big debate. So how about the country to the left? Um, the city that I grew up in yeah. San Cristobal, Venezuela. Uh, we put the which stuffing. Par uh, which part of Venezuela? North, south, east, west? Because that's... It's on the Occident. It's close to Colombia, on the border of Colombia. So that is the western part of Colombia. Uh, Venezuela. Sorry, yes. I apologize. So from or that region, we put the, the stuffing raw. All the pork, all the chicken, and all the beef. Right? And like the juices of it. Uh, stay Why? in it. Why? Because... Our uh, way to see stuff is that when you're cooking, yeah. all the juice is going to the dough. So, all right. So know, the dough will be a little bit thicker. And yeah, and, and it will not go and drier. Out. It will not be go out because you have the plantain leaf. Yeah. So it will stay. So it's tastiest. Yes. You know? In the capital, where Santiago is, you're gonna talk with Santiago soon. And, and yeah, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please talk about this because this is gonna be super <laughs> hard. All right. He cooks. <laughs> write it down for, yeah, for yeah. Uh, when. Uh, When we get Santiago, uh, uh, how Ayaka, you call Ayaka. Ayaka. How they prep the ayaka in the capital city of Venezuela? Uh, they cook the the stuffing first. They cook it all. Yeah, yeah, and make thinner dough. Yeah, what happened then after so you have a dry stuffing? Really? You know, the, the, when you when you when you buy the meat, when you buy the pork, it's, it's dry. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, this is gonna be a good debate because he's gonna come here after me and he's gonna tell you like, oh my god, he's so wrong, you know. Uh, but yeah, the truth is. I'm like, gonna poke him with that now. Oh man, man! It, it, Because it, they uh, like if you uh, stop and think, it's like the Wellington, beef Wellington. A beef Wellington, but the, the beef Wellington has uh, a pastry you, on top. Yeah, yeah, puff pastry. But puff like pastry. the the filet mignon is just seal and put inside. Filet mignon will release water, doesn't matter what. And the yes. puff pastry is very thin, yeah. so not observe whatsoever. Yeah. So the secret to keep that together is one you pass the mustard nicely over the meat so we hold on a little when it's cooking the mustard is kind of hold as a shield yeah. and then on top of that you put your uh, mushrooms processed in it so your processed mushrooms or the processed mushrooms will be basically bleach your mushroom and put yeah. over yeah, yeah. Uh, we release water as well yes but when if you cook pro properly is just amazing So the, the only way I learned to do a properly uh, Wellington was Ingrid Ramsey. 
But like, uh, but like I, I have to say, I, 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 you know don't I mean? ask me why. Until yeah, then, exactly. my my Wellington, the base was wet as I had to fork. Show you this video. Like like next time that we talk, we're gonna talk about this lady that made the best Wellington ever, and I'm being sarcastic here. Oh uh, Jesus! Okay, all right. Uh, okay. Oh, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so like I was telling you, like now that I was thinking. Maybe it's the, the wine, but it was actually thinking, that's the idea of the why wine. People <laughs> doesn't sear the beef first, so you can have like the middle of everything. You know what I mean? So you don't have it, doesn't have to be fully cooked, it doesn't have to be raw. Just sear, seal the beef, keep the juices inside, and yeah. then make the ajacas. Maybe this, this year I'll, I'll do some ajacas. You never know. Yeah, that, that that's a good idea. That, that That's the part of the evolution. What's your traditional uh, Christmas play? Whoa, uh, we do uh, turkey leg. You eat turkey yeah. in Brazil? Yes. That's such an American thing. To do. Uh, we are in America, yeah? Oh, sorry, <laughs> you're right. No, you got me there. Yes, you got me there. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the States. Is it, that's, that's uh, yeah, very, very, North America, yeah. North America. But North America is not only the States. North America is Canada and Mexico, too. Oh, yeah. But, uh, like, when, when you stop and think, like, in Brazil, uh, depending on the part of Brazil you come from, in Sao Paulo, we have the tender, would be like the Thai of a uh, pork Thai. And then we have turkey as well. And then we have pineapple. Right. In the middle of that. Don't ask me why. And then we have like something we call farofa. Farofa, but, uh, farofa. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, that's uh, normally with cassava, but we do with the corn. What's the farofa? I, I think I, I tried farofa before. Uh, farofa is based cassava flour. Yes. And that's it. Which is yuca. Yeah, yuca for yeah. you. And the cassava flour is toasted. Right. The way I like to do it, I sweat some onions just to see through. Put some bananas. Right. Uh, ideally plantain but if you put the bananas in the last minute it doesn't matter if it's plantain if it's plantain you put it in the beginning because it's a little bit tougher but if it's a normal banana and just in the last minute what you do you put call there banana? The any, banana. any bananas because right. like you need to adapt yeah. as I said before with the Italian guy in Bray they adapt a classic oh, yeah. but he's allowed to do it it's the same with arepas you're allowed to do whatever you want or the yaka you're allowed to do it I'm not because I'm a foreigner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, or yeah, I'm yeah. a gringo trying to interpret your culture. And that's not fair. It's like people, And uh, people do not like that. Uh, you know, there was watching a presentation of a guy here, right? So this guy was telling me, like, you know that I live, I don't know how many years in Mexico, and uh, I'm bringing you the best recipes of tacos. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to watch birria, watch, I'm ready to watch uh, uh, and cheek, butt, brain, thong. The man is like, I'm bringing you the sweet potato and feta cheese tacos. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Sorry, sorry. What are you talking about? What are you saying? Are you for real? You live in Guadalajara, Mexico, and this is what you're bringing here? Come on, man. Like, like, uh, no, 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 no. So it's so funny because, like, like, I think people just want to make their own branch in some point. You, know I mean? uh, uh, but you cannot just, yeah. you, you cannot just use that as how they call it these days. Uh, Cultural appropriation, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, a little bit of a, a cultural appropriation yeah, I do, there. I know. If you but, present that to me like a fusion dish, and, this, and you tell me, like, look, this is for vegetarian, this wait, is wait. for vegetarian. <coughs> Confusion. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, continue. Uh, I will say, like, okay, that's fine. But don't come and try to sell me this stuff, telling me this is 100% Latino because 
we don't need too much uh, but, uh, sweet potato. But at the end I mean, of the day, you, you're seeing that, and you, you criticize because you come from that part of the world. Mm -hmm. But if you you went to do uh, RSU and you got the rest from our British guy. I know, does it work? Uh, British, no. English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I kicked the mic. I never, I never thought about that. Like, like yeah, you was in a but, but that's the Who way people see here. you are doing that? Yeah, say that to an Irish person. Probably you're going to get... Uh, depending where you come from, you're going to get stabbed. That's why nobody wanted to try my Irish tea. <laughs> my, my, my UK Irish tea. Yeah. But like, if you get there uh, with the point I get about the, the cassava and the, and the cassava, the farofa, when I make here, I always try to get uh, with the products I have locally. Yeah. Like when you're gonna do arepas or anything, like uh, when I was in the hotel I used to work before, uh, I buy straight from the farmer. I didn't have a middle guy. And I remember he came with corn, and well, sweet corn. And I look and said, that's perfect. He said, it's the first time I'm planting that here in Ireland because oh, wow. he never did it. I said, I want as much as you can. And then I got almost a ton. I Damn. don't know if that was my mistake, Damn. but uh, I, I, I start to make a dessert. Corn like a, I love corn. That's something in America in general we have a lot. And I start to do a dessert made of corn. Basically, you cook the corn in milk, and then you pass that and just pass through the chinois, it's and then whatever goes through is literally already uh, uh, corn uh, uh, reduced, so that will set. It's just right. sugar and corn yeah. and milk. That's it. But it's lovely. It's gentle. It's not rich. Soft it's milk, just, yeah. it's like a panna cotta made of a corn. Oh, okay, you know, okay. when they, uh, normally people make panna cotta, put gelatine, or sometimes they put corn flour. But corn flour don't give you don't flavor. Give you flavor. You know, and then get a yellowish. Yeah. Oh, it's just lovely. Uh, we, just call, we call, we call, not pamonha, curau. Curau. Yeah, there's a place in São Paulo. Always when we, uh, my mom has a countryside house, so when we come back from the countryside house, pass through that place, they call uh, Castelinho da Pamonha, or da Pamonha. Uh, the little castle of Pamonha. Oh, Pamonha. Okay. But it's a uh, look like a uh, look like a castle, and it's huge, <laughs> and you have like ice cream. You have everything made of corn. But anyway, it's lovely. Nice. It's lovely. What to know about corn? Go to Mexico. They have all the kinds of corns over there. Yeah, they have purple, blue, rainbow corn. If you want, have ever tried before the the purple corn? Oh yeah, totally. What, what do you think about man. what do you think about flavor in the corn? I think super rich. I think it's richer. Like like when you go to Mexico, I I went to Guadalajara, I went to Vallarta, I went to Manzanillo, Um it's just like the gastronomy is just amazing, man. It's just amazing. They will use the the, the parts of the cow that you won't usually eat. And they just make them spectacular. What's the favorite part of a cow you prefer to eat? The heart. Heart? Yes. It's my favorite muscle. I think it's super tasty. I love the consistency. Uh, actually, I like... I, I bought like... I was like fucking... Sorry. <laughs> it was it's like, okay. It was I like told three, you. I can, can curse three, in here. It's fine. Three or four kgs. Really? Yeah, it was like this size, man. And Have you ever tried um, feijoada? No, what's feijoada? It's basically a black bean stew made of pork in Brazil. But pork in Brazil, they they salted the pork. All right. 
because that the, it used to be a slave food, so they didn't have a refrigeration. So they used to salt it. It's yeah. the same with cod. Cod for us in Brazil is salted. When right. you say fresh cod and saying it's not salted, they look at you like, how? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I went to do a feijoada a few years back, a few years back, about a decade ago here in Ireland. Couldn't find anything, of course, salted pork. So I had to salt myself. So I went, like, a few parts we put is the tongue and the ears. Oh, and I love. Oh, wow. Okay. It's lovely. It's and me personally, I like. So I went to the butcher and I said, uh, can I buy ear and tongue, pork, tongues and ears? Here? Yeah. They don't sell it. The, the guy came and said, no no, no. Uh, no. no. And then he said, look, I can sell you, sell you the head. But normally I throw in the bean. I said, what? What? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. I said, okay, uh, no, when? You have, and you have to go to this Middle East. Kind yeah, of no, no. Place. But like that was 10 years ago. Didn't right. have the Middle East shops as we have now. So I went back there and he said, come back on Thursday because I can get the animal. I said, okay. Went there, bought the bag. And he said, can I charge you five euros for that? So, <laughs> yeah, you're selling yes, me. please. Uh, and, and he said, no, I just will charge you because normally I throw in the bean. <laughs> I said, okay, and I gave you Fiverr for a full pig's wow. head. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's my story with the pork. No, you know, like, uh, to go to, in fact, this kind of cult, you have to go to the Middle, Middle East kind of shops. And I actually had, this is a little bit personal, Ricardo, but uh, I actually had uh, lamb balls, lamb testicles, a couple of days ago, stuffed them. No bad at all, to be honest. Sorry, they just hit your microphone. Um, no bad at all, to be honest. No bad, no bad, no bad. Uh, like, I, I have my number one customer is my girlfriend's son. And he will eat anything I cook. And he's so happy. And this was a challenge because uh, I, I, I don't lie to him. I, I actually told him like... Hey, he actually will not lie to you with the feedback, yeah? He won't. He go, <laughs> Look, man, I'm telling you. Like, it's so funny. These days he was playing his face, right? And he's just having a normal <clears throat> conversation with his guys, right? And they're, they're like, I'm bringing his dinner. And of course, I cannot bring normal dinners in my house. I had to do everything fine dining over the top. It's because I, I have fun doing it. And their man is, is like, you know, my man boyfriend, uh, uh, he's a chef in a hotel, a very important chef. And he just cooked for me, you know? Like, like bragging with his friends. Like, look at this guy, you know. Um, man, for real, like, like I, 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 I serve these. I stuff them with a uh, uh, stuffing with some peppers, onions. Uh, put it on the oven. And it was actually super nice, super, super, super nice. And I can see that now my wine is gone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wine finish. That's how uh, we we, we finish our, our interview. I need to come back then. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, bring a bigger bottle, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm joking about the bigger bottle, yeah. You have another interview coming. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus Christ. Look, man, like, uh, no, it was a pleasure. No, 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 thank you. Thank no, it was great to have you here. So I had so much fun here. No, Please, no, it's great. Let's do this again. I know we no, will do we no. will do uh, like we will talk more. It was lovely to have you here know. in the show, and um, no. well, that was Chef Jeremy Thank here you. for us. <laughs> uh, you gonna say anything else before we go? 
No, just thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, right, so this was, uh, I think it's my first interview, my first experience here in the podcast. I was very, very interested. Look, I could keep drinking and talking, you know. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Ricardo. No, no. Very much Jeremy, thank you very uh, much you, to come you. here. <laughs> and, right. well, that was Jeremy, Chef Jeremy, here in the foodcast. And thank you very much. Bye.